The scripture this evening is from the 58th chapter of Isaiah. Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water, whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. Word of God, word of life. Let's pray. God, you promise that when your word is spoken that your spirit comes, and uh, we are longing, God, for where your spirit is showing up in the world today. And somehow you are calling each of us with what we already have uh, to be a part of this. So speak, God, as we listen. In Jesus' name, amen. So I got braces in fourth grade. And I remember the orthodontic assistant placing tiny rubber bands between my teeth to make room then for metal bands that would be placed the following appointment to secure the brackets and wires. And I was new to all this, and I really wanted to do it right, and I was a rule follower. So as each of the little rubber bands fell out of my mouth, whether I was eating or chewing gum or whatever I was doing, I kept them. <laughs> And at my next appointment, I proudly came in with this little Ziploc bag of used plastic bands. It's so gross. <laughs> and the orthodontic assistant gave me this really horrified look and said, you actually didn't need to keep those. The bands themselves are not important. 
Rather, they're there for the space that they create. Tonight, Ash Wednesday begins the season of Lent, and it's a time that we really try to follow the rules. We often give things up for six weeks, like it's a challenge. My first recollection of giving something up for Lent was when my older sister decided to forego jelly on her toast. It was a really big deal. She loved jelly. And I watched her sacrifice this delight diligently every morning only to spread the jelly back on toast on Easter morning. I myself have given up or tried to give up peanut M&Ms, candy of all kinds, alcohol, and even one year, some of you may remember this, I vowed publicly to use the six weeks to train for a half marathon. Now, I had three kids under the age of three at the time. What was I thinking? (laughs) And of course, all of this giving up did little to make the world a better place. It only kept me focused on myself and how I might be healthier or better for it all. And when it didn't go as planned, I actually just felt more guilty. No wonder people, including Jesus, call us hypocrites. I didn't know until I was much older that the purpose of fasting or giving something up is to be in solidarity with others who are hungry or don't have enough. To make clear our dependence on God and others for our daily well-being and to take the focus from ourselves so we can see a bigger view. Actually, when you forego food or beverage or whatever it is in your life, we are then called to take the money that we would have spent on that and give that money to the poor. Now, in the scripture that Brian just read, God does not mince words. God is not interested in well-planned or executed worship, in telling the world how much you pray or how long you fasted or actually what you're giving up for Lent. God is actually interested in how all people are existing. God takes the panoramic view. And when Isaiah first spoke these words, the Israelites were returning to Jerusalem after generations of being exiled in a foreign country, Babylonia. They come back to their homeland, Jerusalem, and instead of being like it was before, how they pictured it would be, it's in ruins. And so to try to control something that is completely out of control, they take to worship and fasting to find somehow their worth and to give some order to the life, forgetting the devastation around them and the many people who did not have enough to survive. And God speaks directly. God says, my fast is not to fortify, is to fortify people before buildings to break the yokes that hold people back from living and thriving. 
and the charge is clear. Our well-being will be found not in outward practices of faith, but as you care daily for a community and not just for yourself. And God says the means to accomplish what calls us to do are this. Feed people, house people, clothe people, find solidarity with others. And it's already something that you have within your midst. There's no need to search for it or seek it. It's how you act and speak each day. I think God is calling us to give to this world, not give up on this world. I noticed a shift over this last week in so many different ways. I see it non-verbally in our bodies as we have all have watched the invasion in the Ukraine. We have moved from looking inward at ourselves and all the varied opinions on mask wearing and vaccination status to the welfare of people in war and crisis. Now, Ukraine is clearly not the only place of war and oppression, but it has taken our attention and the stories have captured our hearts. I don't know about you, but I sit up at night and list the men and young men in my life, ranging from ages from 18 to 60, imagining them being handed weapons and called to fight. The stories of families broken apart, fleeing and hiding in destroyed cities, and even across thousands of miles and oceans, we see our shared humanity in the faces of other people. And we are changed, and we ask, how can I help? What can I do? Because this matters. And what will we receive for these simple acts of compassion and generosity, the dailiness of restoration and rebuilding? God says we will be like a well-watered garden, a stream of living water, parched places will be quenched, and our bones will be strengthened. I really doubt these are on your bucket list of things that you are wishing for. They're not for me. God promises not individual gifts of merit, but communal life, perennial life, a place where things are planted and grow, to feed and to be fed, to hydrate and sustain a place with roots and with new growth. So tonight, whether you are steeped in Lenten disciplines or you're new to all of this, let this Lent be like those little rubber bands I experienced in fourth grade. Have Lent be the place to make space, to hear and experience that the God who breathed into dust to form our human existence is still breathing into the ash of this world and into your life. The destruction, the polarization, the rubble of the past, and the yet-to-be-built future. The cross that you will receive on your forehead is a reminder of your death and also of life. 
because you are still here. We are active participants, not just spectators in what happens each day. What we offer to another in the simple acts of daily life, God says, are the bricks and mortar to rebuild the ancient ruins, lifting the stories and reconciling and forgiving the hurts of so many generations repairing and restoring the streets for life with the tools and the means that you already hold in your heart today. God says the promise of a future ahead is within reach. And so this Lent, what will that be for you? Amen.